We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where uh, where we talk a little bit about yesterday's slate, go through results DB. It was a big, big 15-game slate last night. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit. I think, I think we're going to build some lineups for the for the early slate today, okay? I know there's there's two games that are later that it's on the slate, and I'm not even sure if we're gonna have the lineups in time or whatever. Uh, but we'll we'll build some stuff for for today's uh, the one the one ten p.m. whatever Eastern slate for DraftKings. I'll go over a little bit of process and answer your DFS strategy questions as always in the YouTube chat. Give me those thumbs ups. Give me thumbs ups when you're in the door. Thummy thumbs. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see you guys in there. Jamie Burkhart, Suki Singh, Dung Montgomery, Matt Mears, Card Fan, Eric Heldbold, Aaron Rasmus, Sterling Woods, Michael Dampier. Good morning. Eric Hiltbold. I'm back. Miss me? No, I don't. I don't miss anyone. I don't I don't miss anyone. Nothing that I miss. A lot of times I want I I, I wake up, I wake up and I I don't feel like even doing the show, right? Just like I just want to go back to sleep. But I'm here for you guys, right? I'm here before I'm here for you guys. And uh, yesterday, yesterday I came close. I got I got I got a, a couple of line in the DraftKings, like a couple of lineups in the top hundred in the large field. Just just did just didn't get there. I need I need a Trevor Story to do better, right? I I, I heard Trevor Story one offs and 
<coughs> in a couple of my lineups. I really didn't have much of the Braves, but I had enough of the Braves to have five-man stacks, you know, towards the top. But we take a look at pitching yesterday. Uh, other than, like, I mean, the Maeda, McCullers, Morton, those were like the chalky pitchers. Uh, I had less of McCullers than than most, if we see here. I mean, Giants went at zero Maeda. I mean, they all did okay. I mean, Wainwright did the best. I I I I had a lot of Gomber, like my I had a lot of Gomber. I had a lot of Paddock. I thought Paddock would be much higher on than eight percent. So I'm, I I mean Paddock was in like half my lineups. I had a quarter of my lineups had Austin Gomber, right? Some some people were on him. Larry Odo twenty five percent over here. Bro Ramsarish flex thirteen percent. Paddock across the board pretty much. Everyone that I brought up, I would have kneeled about 8% over here. But look, Royal Payne, 40%, RBX, 33 Giant Squid, Flex, right? Same for Montgomery. I had a lot of Montgomery also. And we could see here across the board, a lot of these sharper players were on those types of combos. And less so. I mean, I still had plenty of Maeda. I still had plenty of Morton. I still had enough of McCullers. I mean, it's not like I, I went that far off the beaten path, right? My my pitcher pool was my Ada McCullers, Morton, Montgomery, Paddock, Gomber. And I had a little bit of Keller and I had a little bit of Matt Moore who didn't who didn't get there, right? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I mean, just very little. I mean, I, I played, what, 115 lineups? So you're going to have, a, I needed some cheap pitchers to be, build expensive stacks. But from the bat side, I mean, the main thing that happened yesterday on the slate that you had to you had to compensate for or consider is that that Red Sox Blue Jays game, okay? Because that there were the weather issues, right? So you have to determine, like at six thirty, a half an hour before the slate, like what what are you going to do with it? So I originally, as I normally do for games that have heavy weather issues, is that I go in and I click the only in stacks button. Right, I go, I go into lineup HQ, and I go to that game. Right, if this was the game, and I click the only in stacks button. So if I do play Red Sox or Blue Jays, that they will only be in stacks, and I'm not going to just have one offs all over the place. So if the game doesn't play, I don't have these zeros infecting all my lineups. Okay, so that's the first thing that I did. But then, then I listen, I listen to crunch time. Right, if you're a Roto Grinders Premium member. You, it's a half an hour before the slid, before the lock, and then and, and Kevin Roth is on the show. Okay, so you you go to Crunch Time, you sign sign up for Road Grinders Premium, click on the link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. But basically, based on his fork, based on looking at where the rain's going to be, most likely, understand that Roth doesn't know what the teams are going to do, how the teams are going to react to the weather forecast. All he could do is look at the weather forecast, or look at the radar, look at the the models for that. And basically, basically said, said they could, they could probably get this game in if they if they start. Said that they, they will most likely be a delay mid game, and then if they wait it out, they could finish this. Okay, so based on that, based on that information, they could start fine, end up getting stuck in a two and a half hour rain delay or whatever, a long rain delay, and then finish at the at, you know eleven o'clock. 11.30 at night and finish the rest of the game. Okay, so based on that, based on that information, that means if they start in a delay, like this game's in trouble, right? Right, if if 
if it's not going to do the heavy stuff until like 8.30, 8.30 to 10 o'clock, like what are they waiting for? Okay, so once that tarp went up, I saw that tweet, the tarp was going up uh, at, at, at Fenway. I'm like, they ain't starting this. They, they ain't starting at set. They ain't starting at 7.10. So once I saw that, I just X'd everyone. I just X'd out all of, I just X'd out the whole damn game. It's a 15-game slate. It's not like it's a five-game slate, and we don't have options. Yes, it has the highest total on the slate. It's it's Garrett Richards and whoever, and on the Blue Jays, I don't know, I forgot even who was pitching, but uh, Robbie Ray, right? I was a decent pitcher, right? Do I? Uh, yes, that. Let's say there was no weather. You could still play that. It, that game could still be five to four, and not be you. You won't need it. Right. So it's not like it was that big of a priority on a 15 game slate anyway. I was going under on that game regardless. But once I saw that, I'm like, okay, let, let, let other people go down the rabbit hole. Right. And we got, we got ownership in that game. I mean, we take a look here. I mean, not like heavy, heavy. I mean, Vlad Guerrero was 9% owned. George Springer was 8% owned. Bichette was 10% owned. Like, they, here's the rake right here. Now, I can understand if you wanted to take a shot. But if we take a look, take a look across the board of uh, there's a good selection of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten sharp players. Vlad Guerrero, like not an end of brick had a I think had a couple. He may have about a couple of Toronto lineups, probably, you know, just in stacks. But other than that, all zero. Okay, here we go. Eight percent. Okay. Eight percent. Anil took a shot on some Blue Jays. But for the most part, look across the board, George Springer, barely any. Right, so Anil had ten percent in in lineups or whatever, but for the most part, just X them out. It's a fifteen game slate, perfectly fine. On yesterday's slate, I primarily my my main stacks. If I look at my cheat sheet, my main stacks yesterday were Miami, the Marlins. They were the Cardinals, who didn't get there. The Brewers, the I loved I loved the ownership on the Brewers. The Brewers were great. In the beginning, and then they kind of died off, right? So I had a lot of Brewer stacks. So so that I, I placed a lot of lineups like that. A lot of Telez, because the Adamas didn't do enough at shortstop. Telez, Narvaez, Adamas, Avi Garcia, Lorenzo Kane, you know, those types of lineups. They didn't beat the Braves, but I mean it was close. Uh then I played a bunch of the Reds. The Reds did okay. Juanio Suarez finally hit a home run. So that was good. The Cardinals didn't get the, the card. The, the Cardinals, uh, according to Slate IQ and the bat projections, had the highest discrepancy, the differential between uh, projection versus ownership. So I played a ton of them. Miami Miami was close, but they came in a little bit higher on. You see Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall in the bat projected like he, like 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 a god yesterday. He got zero. I mean, he had some good fly balls out there. But across the board, I mean, Adam Duvall was, was, was quite owned by a lot of sharp players. 40% by Brick, right? Maybe Lariotti only had 4%. Adam Duvall across the board. Because uh, I think the, the Marlins were, were under-owned as a team. So even the Cardinals, like Tyler O'Neill, across the board, a bit, bit over. Take a look at, uh, let's see. Astros, because I like looking at this five or six percent range. Brian Anderson, Jesus Aguilar, look five percent, five percent. A lot of sharp players on on the Marlins yesterday. I had a bunch of the Phillies also. Okay, so the Phillies were people were over. Here's some Reds, some Reds there. 
Vanio Suarez right here, 4, 4% owned, right? A lot of over. So, I mean, I could look through this and see that, like, the types of lineups I was making, a lot of the types of lineups I was making, a lot of other sharp players were making. Not all of them, but for the most part, right? Take a look through here. 2%, 2% players, Rowdy Tellers, right? I look across and it's like, oh, because some people didn't have any Milwaukee, but some people did. For the really low, I mean, look look how low on Machado was. Not many people had him. Lewin Diaz, right? 2% on Lewin Diaz in your Marlin stacks. Just going through. See, here's Trevor Story. I had a a bunch of him against Suarez. As a one-off, I didn't play that many Rockies. Obviously, shortstop is a fair, was a fairly weak position. Other than obviously the high end, and people played Trey Turner, and he came out of the game. But I figure st- people would play Tatis. People would play, uh, Bich- I mean, Bichette. Obviously, if he was available, Trey Turner, right, twenty percent. Bo Bichette, ten percent. It's like story against the lefty in in in, in Los Angeles. So I'll, I'll take I'll take a shot. And per- I didn't purposely play a lot of Trevor Story. I was just playing him more than Trey Turner. 2% ownership versus, or even Tatis. Like Tatis's ownership was three times higher than three, three and a half times higher than Stories, And their projections weren't all that, that different. Yeah, but this is what I like doing. Going through results, DB. Seeing what other sharp players that I respect. What types of constructions were they making? A lot of times I'll go through and, and look at it, specific lineups, but just get an overview. Did I miss anything? Did, 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 did someone do something that I that compl- completely didn't consider? Obviously not playing any Kenta Maeda. Okay, I get that. He's a 34% on pitcher on a 15-game slate. Okay, perfectly fine. He, proje- he was the highest point per dollar projected pitcher. But there's variance. So if you don't want to play Kenta Maeda in lines, you didn't have to. I mean, playing... Did you need the 18.65? The wind even got blown, right? The bullpen gave up a gave up a run and it ruined Maeda's win. Paddock was tilting, right? He was just giving up hit, 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 hit. He didn't get killed though. So he scored what 15 points? Eh, could have done better. Going through results DB. You could do this. You don't even need a Roto Grinders for premium, nothing. This is free. Go to rotogrinders.com slash results DB. Look through, look through content. I mean, I'm looking at obviously the large field, $11 immaculate inning. To see, but you could also, in results DB, compare the ownerships of the contests together. It shows, like if we do this, junior immaculate inning, 300,000. Which one was the large, large one? The 111. Okay, so the one I was looking for, the ju- junior. Okay, okay. I don't know what they call these things. So we go junior. Just to show the difference between the ownership, between the large, between the higher stakes and the lower stakes. So here's. Immaculate inning, the junior immaculate inning. Right? So this is the 111 contest, and this is the $11 contest. 
So you could see, if we sort by this, it's, this is a 5,000 person contest, 5,000 entries, right? And this is, who knows, 40,000, whatever it was. We could see that it's slight, that you get slightly higher. Maeda, 38% versus 34%. You could look at the green and the yellow, which is more owned and actually in the smaller field, right? Like Bo Bichette, look, I mean, take a look at Bo Bichette. The $11, more people just said, I'm playing Blue Jays, screw the weather. And the higher stakes, not as much so. Sometimes you could use this to see, you know, who was who? Look, Adam Duvall, 16% in the 111, 11% in the $11. You could even compare this, for instance, what the fence buster, that's the bit, is that that like the 3,000 entry, 3,000, what the hell? The fence buster is typically an expensive contest, right? The fence buster, yeah, yeah. Two entry max, it's 70 entries. Maybe we want something a little bit lower, like the 121, screwball battery. So let's go to the screwball battery and you see the difference in there. Let's say screwball. What do we call it? Screwball battery. Screwball battery and then the immaculate innings, but put like this. For the people that play like single entry and three max, I mean, you could see this every day. We sort by the screwball battery, 121 single entry. And look at the difference between how the ownership condenses. I mean, I, I, I say this all the time. Is Maeda worth playing at 50% ownership in single entry? Maybe not. Maybe he's fine at 34% in this month, right? Like, like it, it becomes, you have to think in terms of like, well, it's a small field contest. I want to play the best plays. It's like, well, actually like 50% ownership is like, seems too high for a pitcher on a 15 game slate. I'm more likely to play him with that 34% ownership. And even though he's the highest owned pitcher, in the large field contest. Right, take a look at Trey Turner's 31% owned at shortstop. Albies is 30% owned at second base versus in the large field, he's 17. Chris Bryant, Jesse Winker, Eloy. I mean, yeah, they hit home runs. Sure, great. Rizzo, Freeman, Bodie. Right, I mean, you had a lot of Cubs, Cubs who didn't really, they didn't get there. Rafael Ortega, right, 14% in single entry, 8% in the in the large field $11 contest, which means I'm more likely to, you're actually more likely to play him in the large field than you are in the small field. And then you go down here and you could find plenty of 1% owned guys because the 1%, 2% owned good players. You want to play? You want to play? Uh, you want to play uh, Manny Machado at two at one point three percent? Go for it. I mean, Jose Ramirez was one point six eight percent. You don't want to play Cat Narvaez one point eight percent. Mullins one point eight percent. Suarez, you ain't. It was it was two percent. He was more. It was it was more owned in the larger field than the smaller and then the, the single entry. Does it mean that you have to go and? grab like four of these guys no they're much easier ways to get different and still maintain a high projection in the in the single entry 121 in the small field contest than you are in the large field 
So when people are like, oh, Eloy's going to be too popular, right? They go, oh, Eloy's still 2,500. Like, I'm more inclined to play him at 14% owned than 23% owned, right? I look at the single entry and I go, I'm not going to, it's very rare unless it's at a really weird position that I'm going to be playing 20, 30% owned batters on a 15 game slate. To me, they're, they're easy. Just don't play them. You just kill so many lineups when they fail. Going through the YouTube chat. Let's see. Scroll back. Scroll back. Brian C. asks, what percentage of my income comes from DFS and fantasy sports? So nearly 100%. This is what I do. Let's see. Go through. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, Trey Turner. Well, yeah, yeah, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, that's 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 what happened, right? Was he injured? Was he whatever? I think what they do with the test, they don't get tested mid-game. They get tested before the game. It makes no it makes no They get tested, but they don't get the results back because it takes a while, right? They get, to, like, they get tested earlier in the day, and then the results come back like six to eight hours later. And maybe some of theirs don't come back by the time the, the game actually starts. Then the game starts and they're like, you got COVID. It's like, you'd figure maybe, maybe they time that so that, so that the results come back before the game starts. You'd think, right? I think so. Michael Dampier says in the defense of those who took the risk on the the Blue Jays Red Sox game, Roth gave it over a 50% chance of fully playing after a delay at 7 p.m. Based on the weather. You can't predict what the teams are going to do. You can't pre- you can't predict what the teams are going to do. You could have gone both ways. You could, if you wanted to take a shot, perfectly fine. Just only play them in stacks. I decided that it's a fifteen game slate. Screw it. I mean, that, that, I think it's perfectly fine. If you wanted to t- take a shot on the Blue Jays stacks, go for it. I don't think you're stupid for doing so. But I decided once I once I heard that weather forecast that it was going to be a lot of rain in the middle of the game, and yeah, they could get the whole game in if if they're willing to. But it's like, are they willing to? I'm just like, screw it. If anyone takes the Blue Jay stacks and they put up 15 runs after this late start or whatever, then God bless them. Okay, so be it. I got I got 28 eight other teams to choose from. I'll just choose them. If it was a smaller slate, it would have been different. Uh, Brian C. asks, thinking of quitting my job, can I live comfortably on DFS if I can continue to hone my skills? You're talking down the road. Uh, if you're if you're asking the question, then you're not ready yet. That's that's the best way of putting it. My my attitude is you got to you got to have a lo- much longer proven track record before you consider you know this being the only thing that you do. And understand that even it, with it being the only thing that I do, I still do these shows. I still have, I still sell a course. I still recurring revenue. It's very similar to poker. Like it's the only job you could go to and lose money. And it and that be normal. And go on downswings and play well and lose money. You can also play badly and win money sometimes. Sometimes you get lucky. But it's not something that you could just pick up and just say, I'm... I mean, you could. I don't. I don't advise it. 
I, I, I did not do this full, t- full, full time until like last year, pretty much. So I, I did digital marketing. So I still had clients. I still was doing clients. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's how I got into DFS. I'm home all the time anyway. I work from home. So I have plenty of time. I have multiple screens. Do a little bit of my normal work and then, you know, look at some stats or whatever. And then I build lineups or whatever. I have such a flexible schedule. I didn't just say, oh, oh, after my first $100,000 win, I didn't just say, I'm getting rid of all these clients. It's like, no. So if you're, if you're still asking that question, then, then you're not ready. yet. There are plenty of people that make way more than me that, that still, it's not their full-time job. Let's see. Go through the YouTube chat. Go through the YouTube chat. Go through the YouTube chat. Oh, let's see. Everyone's talking about whether or not Brian C should be should quit and do this full time without knowing. Uh, TJ Moose. Anyone see Toro? Yes. Right. Now, he didn't switch teams mid-game. Toro was traded to the Mariners earlier in the day and then came in and pitched it for the Mariners and had a two-run home run. Right. It wasn't the mid. It was he wasn't traded mid game. He was traded before the game. Right. Because he was scrap. Right. We thought he was going to be in the lineup and then he wasn't. DFS in life, which is uh, which is what road, whatever I could I could tell from the from the. From the uh, from the from the avatar. I had all five man stacks on large slates, like 15 game slates. I, I will only play five man stacks. People still do not stack enough. So any large slate, I will like exclusively. I, I there's no other lineups that I would make. If if some weird lineup wins, then God bless them. But over over the over a long long large sample size, five man stacks are plus EV. I mean, I'm assuming the lineup is plus EV. I'm not playing a five man stack and lineup that projects 50 points lower than everything else. So yeah, yeah. Assuming it projects well enough, right? I'm going to be playing five-man stacks. It doesn't matter what happens yesterday. Well, I saw in one contest, someone, like, oh, so anything could happen. The person who won the 100K had a minus two and a half. At pit. Yeah, I know. I saw. All the bats were correct. Though. It, good luck. Good luck having that be a repeatable process. Anytime that you see some some weird two, one, one, three, some... Is that a name that you normally, I mean, yes, that person won once. Good luck doing that and, and winning consistent, winning first place consistently at any point. Getting, you're not. You, it's, that's why they're single bullets that win that way. That's why, that's why you see them because there's tons of single, that's where the edge in DFS comes from, that there's a tons of Joe Schmoes on their couch making one or two lineups. In the long run, just build plus EV lineups. Who cares what happens that night? It doesn't matter. I said I was uh, I was uh, Neil Orfield, NC Orfield, AK was uh, on on my podcast, my Thursday uh, Theory of DFS podcast yesterday, and we were talking about that. It's like if there's 180 baseball slates, there's 100. Let's just say right, 180 MLB slates for the year for the season. Your goal is to play well for all 180 slates and 
hopefully, if you play well and you build high win equity plus EV lineups, to bink once or twice. Or a couple, a handful, three or four top five finishes, right? Something like that. So hopefully you bink, let's say, hopefully you bink, you win first once out of 180 slates. Well, your goal is to do that, but you don't know which slate that's going to be. So you just play well for 180 slates and whatever happens, happens. So I don't think about what happened yesterday. Just like, I'm just continue to play well. And one of these slates, I'm going to win. I just don't know which ones they're going to be. So trying to figure out, okay, how do I figure out which ones they're going to be is a fruitless endeavor. Because then you're overfitting. You're not, you're, well, what would have won yesterday would have been, uh, can you go back in time? You don't know what's going to happen on a specific slate, but over a course of 180 slates, it's more likely that it's going to be in large slates, four, five-man stacks, 5X, five 5-3, five something like that. More likely than will it be owned. If you simulated it out, that's what it would be. So yeah, maybe yesterday, some some guy on his couch was able to pick out eight one-offs and win. Can you do that over 180? Try You do that over 180 slates and, and you tell me how much money you lose. Most likely you don't make it to the end of 180 slates because you've lost too much money in the way of doing that. Uh, Eric Hiltbold would be covering NFL when it starts off. And yes, the, this is the DFS pregame show which means it's whatever the hell's going on. It happens, it's August. It's the July and August. So it's, it's, it's baseball, right? But I mean, sometimes on Fridays, I talk about MMA, if I'm playing it, right? I'll talk about whatever I'm playing, right? People have questions about PGA. I don't necessarily play that often, but we could talk about anything. It's the DFS pregame show. So like in September, we may have some baseball days, maybe some NFL days, some showdown, some review of the past Sunday's contest. On Friday, maybe we talk about the NFL Sunday slate. Who knows? That's why you show up to YouTube. You hit those thumbs up buttons and you ask whatever the hell questions you want. And that's really, that's really what it is. Let's see. Let's, let's talk about, uh, let's see, what's going on with uh, the early slate today. And no, Beast Mode, I'm not going to be talking about Cash game position by positions. So let's let's update this. And there's no weather going on in the early. Eh, nothing that we have to worry about. So let's see. Is this updated? We don't have slate IQ for the early slate. I don't believe no. Let's go here. Take a look. What do we got? Okay. So what lineups do, do we not have? Obviously, these two later. 340, 410 games. Manaya Snell, Kikuchi Odorizzi. Well, okay, decent. I'm just overlooking. I mean, I, did I look at any of this? No. All right, let's take a look. Snell and Odorizzi, are they going to be the most owned pitchers here? We have, we have a J.A. Hap slate. 37% owned J.A. Snell. Uh, that, that seems like it could be a problem. <laughs> so just looking at looking through. It's a four-game slate. Okay, so it's a four-game slate. We're going to build three lineups, okay? Because I entered the 121 single entry. These are small field. 121 single entry, the $66 one, and the $44 one. Okay, so we have three entries. 
So we're going to look, we're going to try to find three lineups that we want to play. That well, it's going to be me, it's that I want to play. Okay, so looking at this just just by point per dollar value, by well, let's sort it by just regular raw point value. To me, this looked like Jake Odorizzi is over-owned, right? It's 8,500, 59%, assuming this is correct, right? Because against Seattle, right? Because Seattle sucks. Take a look at this. I could see Snell. Yes, Snell versus Oakland. I get it. Manaya versus San Diego. He's going to be low-owned because people are going to play San Diego. Nice nice uh, strikeout prop. Hap. It's Detroit, and it's had, like, this is the high-bearing situation, right? Either Hap does well or the Tigers do well. One of the two. And Willie Peralta's awful. So Minnesota should be chalky, right? Minnesota, let's take a look at the bats. Let's take a look at the bats. Yeah, we have, yeah, Kepler, Polanco, Larnich. Yeah, 33%. Look at this. Look how condensed this ownership is. Then we got the Tigers, right? The scope got got scratched, so I I just saw that on Twitter. So I could reload this. I think that that'll that'll help half, right? Should Derek Hill is now going to bat second? Okay, Haas is still in. Cabrera is not in. Does that matter? I don't know. So let's let's take a look. Is the Detroit lineup updated now? Yeah, it should be. And they project decently, right? Okay. It looks like Oda Rizzi is going to be over-owned. So let's look at Seattle. And they don't even project that well, right? Yeah, Seattle. Seeger? Seeger? Raleigh? We don't have the lineup. We don't even have the lineup yet, so I don't even know. But Raleigh's cheap. I don't mind that. I'm just trying to figure out, like, is that is that a leverage spot? If we're not going to play Oda Rizzi. Why not play bats against him? Maybe not a five-man stack. But maybe some Seattle against him. So looking through, looking through, but Minnesota should be the chalk, right? I mean, if I just do the lineup preview, like this was like a cash lineup. Hap Snell, we get one, two, three, four Minnesota, and you pay up for Ramirez, Tatis, play a Tyler O'Neill one off. Okay, looking at this. So this is what I'm looking at. 358, 109 at 358. Remember, we're going to we're going to build based on lineups and not players. Let's make unique players too just to get diversity. Let's go down to 50 for time purposes. I don't mind leaving 1000 on the table. Okay, so 358. So I definitely don't want 358. So let's let's cut it down to 300 just 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 to see. Just to see. Stack-wise, it's a smaller slate, so I don't necessarily need like 5X, but it's a small field contest, so I'm not going to be playing 3-3s or anything. So I'm looking at more and more of these these types of builds. I mean, if it ends up being 5-3 or 5-2, sure, but maybe not 4-2. Maybe I just want two teams and a one-off. Because it's small field. If it was larger field, I wouldn't mind the 4-2s. Because I need to hit the nuts. I'm trying to hit the nuts. Let's just, let's just, well, we're not going to get many 4-4s, four so let's just uh, do 45, 10, 45, something, something like that, right? 100%, something, something, close to it. 
put that at max 15. A little over. Just to see. Two unique players. I mean, just going by the bat projections. We're just making sure that we're not getting something that's ridiculously too, too chalky. Just to see what shows up. Doesn't mean we're playing any of these. No. Doesn't mean anything. A1 Beast Mode, how do you, how did you optimize one lineup without locking players in? All you have to do is change two things. So what what did I what did I do? What did I do to change two things? To go to the pitcher. I put zeros in these spots. Right? You have a min. Like the default is zero, but if you type in zero, right? If I do this and do that, it'll give me. Well, I already changed other stuff, so whatever. But yeah, if you just put zeros in two spots, and there you go. Done. Okay. So we got a ton of Blake Snell, ton of Max Kepler. Yeah, get a ton, a ton of Minnesota. We got whole, holy hell's worth of Minnesota, right? So 107 at 279. Like these are still very chalky. I know Ryan Jeffers is not going to be 0% owned, but whatever. Oh, let's see. 107 to 265. Like these are these are way. Maybe we don't even want to play Minnesota stacks. Maybe we don't even want to play Kepler. Because we're playing three lineups in a small field. I'm not yet yeah, that, that that's what I'm gonna do. Let's see. We're gonna go to the hitters. So on even though I could probably make Kepler lineups that are that are good, I'm gonna choose not to because they're and he's in an outfield position, right? And scope scope is still in the projections, even though he's out. So let's X him out. I'm going to X out Kepler. I'm going to X out any out. Like, I don't mind catchers and third basemen and positional players. But do I want to play Larnich at 33%? Do I want to play these Minnesota? Maybe I want to play Minnesota one-offs, but not Larnich or Kepler, not outfielders. Maybe. That'll lower my my total ownership. I could probably still make lineups with these guys in them. I think that's the easiest path to lower my ownership and not to still have twins in my lineups possibly, but not a stack and not like the highest expense and the highest price, the highest owned guys. So I'm going to get rid of Kepler. I'm going to get rid of Larnich. Uh, See, like, I don't mind like Ramirez and Tatis at third and and shortstop. I mean, there just aren't as many third basemen and shortstops. Maybe even Polanco, because there's other there's other second basemen here. Do I need Polanco even? Maybe not. Maybe I don't even need Polanco. He's gonna be 35% owned. And I'm probably I may be playing more hap than I am Haas. So do I need a cat? I mean, the catcher's position is probably awful today. I'll leave him in just because just because he's a catcher. But I just want him in the catcher spot. Right. So I don't leave him. I don't want him in the outfield spot. He's fine there. So taking a look. Just just to lower my lower my ownership a little bit more. All right. So this should just should get me under. And get me le- obviously get me less Minnesota stacks. So let's build 50 like this. Do 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 do. What do we get out of 50 lineups? Let's see. I mean, we probably Houston. Houston. I'm still not getting any Seattle, but I mean that's which is a good leverage spot. But we'll take a look. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Let's go to my lineups. 
what are we getting? We're still getting tons of Snell. Now we're getting a lot of Altuve, Tucker against Kikuchi. All right, still getting, okay, five-man, one, two, three, four, four, three, one, Hap Snell. I don't mind this, 231, 177. Okay, now we're talking. 177 at 104, I like that. I mean, look, look at the difference. Like, you're dropping barely any projection, and you're dropping all this ownership. So now I'm getting a baseline. Like, that 177 lineup, 159. Okay, now now, now, now we're seeing some progress. Okay, because now we got Cardinals, basically Cardinals, Astros, and Williams Astadio as a one-off. But happens now. Let's save that. Let's save, where's that other one? We just 159. Save that. This is Astadio Sano Rooker. Candelario Manaya Snell. Okay, this is this isn't this isn't that bad. Because that this is the this is the tilt lineup. People that play Minnesota will be like, oh, I had everyone but that guy. And we have that guy and don't have Kepler. Looking through this, I'm just looking at the ownership. 103, 103. Here's, here's another one. I mean, it looks very similar to the other ones. 149, 212. So basically, we don't want anything that's really over 150. Right, and anything over 150 is like we could we we've we found better. We found better. So I'm just scrolling through. Let's see if we find anything that's better than 150 percent owned. 138, dropping a little bit. I mean, it's very similar to the other lineups. Probably the other lineups probably they project what two points better and not much different. Okay, let's go through 146. Looks kind of the same though, right? Well, this is a four. This is a four four. I mean, I don't mind this that much. Tuve, Correa, Tucker, Griel. Yeah, put it put it on the list. One forty six. I mean, they all look fairly the same in that range. It just comes down to diversification. Like you wouldn't play a two seventy five. I mean, look look at the difference. Projects lower and is like way higher owned, right? Because you're playing Odorizzi and Snell. I'm not saying that's a bad lineup because you're playing Straw and playing some low owned guys. But you're playing like the two chalkiest pitchers and the chalkiest third baseman. And the other lineups you're not. Scroll down, see what we got. Anything else? 138 at 99. Oh, that may not even be good enough. We don't need to sacrifice that much, right? Like 91. Like we don't have to sacrifice this much. Okay, let's scroll back up. Now, now let's start seeing if we could find lineups of like non so we found astros we found twins right we take a look at these stacks so we found astros we found cardinals right we found twins we're not we're pretty much not playing twins so like on our saved lineups we got astros cardinals astros pretty much astro yeah we, we, we got astros cardinals we got these astros cardinals lineups we want them. So now I want to see if we could find anything that's that's not that. So I'm going to set this 20, 20, anything that's not Astros Cardinals. 20, 20, is that good enough? That's 100%, right? Saying, okay, I want to, I want, I want to see what these look like. Especially not with, with like, Without Kepler, without the, the the Twins guys in it, it's only a four game slate. So let's build fifty lineups. 
with a two unique, just to be a little bit different, just to see see what we could find. While that's going, I'll look in the YouTube chat. Michael Dampier asks, I don't play many slates like this. Is there an edge to punting early games if late lineups aren't out yet? Thoughts that it will decrease ownership in unexpected players. Yeah, no, that's true. But you have to determine whether or not it's worth it. I mean, not necessarily your whole lineup. You could still play guys from the first two games. But maybe you're more likely to stack the other, you know, but the ownership will go down in the other games. The ownership's down on these games because they're the, the, the where the pitchers are. I mean, if you take a look at the totals, the higher totals are this 110 and one, these two 110 games have higher totals than the, than these two other games. Right, so that that's the main reason. I mean, if this was a Coors game, obviously it didn't matter what time it was. That would be owned. Okay, still getting tons of bleak snow. Right, okay, so here we go. 260. Okay, okay, what we should have done, which I forgot to do, is that, look, 177, 159, 149, 146, right? We're, lo- we're looking in that range. We're looking in the, one, the 150 Kind of, yeah, like a one, let's just do 175 just for the sake, right? Because we don't want those high on lineups. Because right? I didn't put that in before. So now we're getting, in this build that we just build, we're getting 260, 259. We, we could find projected lineups that are way lower owned that have the same. So why are we playing these lineups? We could find better lineups. Okay, let's get it. It's almost there. So let's see what some of these other teams look like. Some other stacks. Okay, 102 at 171. This is a what? Indians. 102, 171. 101 at 167. We need to drop. Let me get more ownership drop here. 172, 154. So we're already down. We... If we're gonna get in the 120 range here, maybe. Yeah, just not getting just not yeah, they're not really projecting that well. Well, here's here's one, here's one. That's not horrible. 98 at 136. Do I want to play Manai and Snell together? I don't know. I don't mind, I don't mind in single entry. I mean in a smaller field, like I don't mind. I would figure these Seattle lineups would be so much lower owned. Raleigh, Torrens, Seeger, Hanniger. Right, if Oda Rizzi is going to be owned, let's let's see if we can make those happen. Right, because it just it seems like I'm not getting enough. I'm I'm getting too much ownership here. Okay, let's take a look at the lineups that we have: Hap Snell, Manaya Snell, Manaya Snell, Manaya. Right, and. Uh, if it was a lot, if it was a bigger, if it was a bigger slate, I wouldn't play Manaya and Snell together. Because only one of them could get the win, so it reduces your ceiling. But we only have eight teams to choose from, so it's quite possible Oakland and S- at San Diego could be a one nothing game, and both both are the best pitchers. And all the other three games, all the pitchers get blown up. But when you have when you have twenty eight teams on the slate, then you have at least you have more options. But here you don't have. Okay, so because I want to play Seattle for the the leverage against Oda Rizzi, it seems like these numbers just don't just don't come out 
low enough ownership wise so let's let's even lower this even more okay let's lower it down to 120 right let's see let's see what the projections come up with now at a 120 ownership sum because at 120 we kind of then we don't mind like we took up take a look at our saved lineups we have 104 at 177 103 at 159 103 at 149 101 at 146 right so if we're going to get down to like the 98 range we want it to be around 120 something like that right see here here we go so now we're now now we're kind of jeffers one off 97 at 119 97 at 117 97 at 112 what does this lineup look like well, this, this is a this is a Tigers lineup. So I guess it's doable. 97 at 112, 97 at 110. And here you go with the leverage. France, Seeger, Kellenic, Haniger. I mean, assuming they're in the lineup. I don't mind this that much. Let's 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 see what we'll save that. Right. So 97 at 110. We're trying to beat that. 97 at 110. Okay. 95 at 99. Is that enough? 95 at 116, 95 at the... We have to, we have to get down to 90, 93. Now we're getting really too low. Yeah, we can't find that many lineups. for Now, in larger field, I don't mind. But, I mean, I'm playing... These are smaller field contests. 97 at 119, 97 at 117, 97 at 112... 97 at 110. Where's that other one? 95 at 99. It's an it's a A's lineup against Snell. So basically that's leverage against Snell. Maybe I don't mind that. Andrews, Laureano. If I have Tyler O'Neill and Framel Reyes here. Maybe, maybe. Let's take a look at that. Take a look, see. Right? Get relative value there. Let's take a look at our save lineups. Okay. So we're not playing much of the twins. So now I want to compare. So we've got 104 at 177, 103 at 159, 103 at 149. There's not that much difference between these two, right? Manaya Snell, Acevedo. Basically, this one has Arenado. This is a five-man stack. This has Candelario in it. Yeah. For the ownership difference, I don't think we could get rid of this one up here. 101 at 146, this is almost not as good. Right? They're already playing Astros, right? Astros Cardinals. Astros Cardinals. Yeah, so let's get rid of this one. Got four lineups. So I got I like the first two, though, because the first two, we got good projection, good low enough ownership. That's fine. Then here we got 97 at 110. 95. So what are we going to do? Or should we just play four lineups? That's fine. This is leverage against Snell. And this is leverage against Odorizzi. Which one would be better? We got Jeffers and Astadio. Astadio. The A's against Snell. Because they both have, they both have, le- I mean, this is, this is leverage against Odorizzi. I think just we play against Odorizzi. We're playing Snell in these lineups. I like this. 
97 and 110, you're leaving the thousand on the table. We're getting enough, enough of, I mean, eh, probably should be better. So there, get rid of that. So there you go. So Benson basically playing Astros, Cardinals, Mariners. With Manaya and Snell together in two of two of the so we're just making three lineups. I got Tyler O'Neill, Tyler. I mean, just from a diversification standpoint, do we have anyone in all three lineups? Jeffers, no. Goldschmidt, no. We got in two, sure, yeah, but I, I just all three. Do we got someone in all three lineups? Nope. That's fine. This leaves a thousand on the table. This leaves four hundred on the table. There you go. Here I found three lineups to play. So if you see, like like I always show you, that I was I was I looking at stats? Was I looking at was I looking at who's one v ones and what player versus what play? No, I'm just looking at total lineups, what they look like based on the projections. Assuming the numbers are right. Assuming the numbers are right. Assuming the ownership is right. A lot of times I'll go in and if I don't think this guy is this on, I'll go in and change these numbers. I didn't have, like, I know he's not going to be 0% owned. They still could be low enough on that the numbers make sense. So I'm going to play these three lineups. Barring, obviously, we don't have, we don't have, we don't have lineups out, right? These Astros, Mariners, oh, we don't have these lineups. I mean, this is the projected lineup. So I may have to swap, I may have to swap. Yes, so basically, asked, basically, we're rooting today for the Astros, the Cardinals, and the Mariners, and not playing. And basically, the the Oakland San Diego game to be like nothing. I, I mean, I got Snell in all three lineups. Okay, that's the only guy that I have all three lineups, which is fine. Best projected pitcher on the slate. So this is how this is how I pick lineups. This is I'm, I'm showing you the I'm showing you the exact process. One, this is for a single entry and three max. Do you play those types of contests? I mean, to play 20 lineups and play 50 to play 150 is just an expanded version of this. It's hard to just go through individual lineups to make 150 like this. But for the smaller field stuff, for this single entry and three max, I trust the model, trust the projections, go through, compare lineups. Now, now these lineups, like I could, in this Seattle lineup, I could have... Uh, you know, a twin. I could ha- I could play Kepler in this lineup. It's just it's going to increase. It's going to increase the projection by what? Maybe three points, but also increase the ownership by like forty five points. So is it worth it? Maybe it is, and maybe it's still fine. This lineup may be a little bit. This this lineup may actually be a little too contrarian for single entry three max. I'll do it anyway, but it could be too too contrarian. Right, because do I have to play Manai and Snell? Like in this type of lineup, obviously you don't play Odorizzi, but I could play Hap here. I could, I could, I could do a lot of other things. Overpay for DeJong at forty two hundred, batting ninth. I don't think that you don't need to do that. But this is lineups, not players. People are like, oh, do I play this guy or that guy? I'm like, no. Well, what's the lineup? What's the ownership of the lineup? What's the projection of the lineup? What contest are you playing? One guy may make absolutely no sense in one lineup and make perfect sense in another lineup. So to me, this, I mean, this is, you're just using the numbers to build lineups. I don't need to know. I don't need to know how is this guy against right-handers and how this guy, I know it's already in the number. It's already in the number that I'm looking at. 
It just comes down to what combinations. Because we went through, it's like, oh, this lineup, like for instance, this lineup down here is what? 103 at 149. We saw lineups in these bills, 103, right? 103. Let's go go down to 103 at 199. 103 at 215. Like why would why in the world would you play this lineup when you have access to play a lineup that projects better that is lower owned? But I like this guy over that. Who cares? The whole lineup. If you trust the model and the numbers, right? We're we're playing we're playing a lineup that projects better for a third of the for two thirds of the ownership. Right, you go you go down here, you can see, you probably see 259, 102 at 259, which is an Indians four-man over here. Like, why in the world I like my top lineup that I'm playing is 104 at 177. So it projects for two points higher and and is and is 80% less owned. So, like, why are you playing this lineup? when the other lineup is available for you to play. Now, this could be the best. It could be, depending on what you're looking at. So, like, why, when you have access to other lineups, why would you play this? Well, because I want to play this guy over that guy. That's not how you play DFS. Build good lineups. I mean, I highlight this every, I highlight this all the time. But now that we have, like, an early slate, we get, we have numbers in there. A lot of times I try to do that for the late slate. We don't have, for the normal main slate at 11 o'clock in the morning, we don't have ownership. So I can't even make that comparison because it's just like, oh, I don't know. You do it later. At least we have numbers for this. Jamie Burkhardt asks, in a 6K entry, 20 max, would you have general thought on how far down you're willing to go with your numbers? For example, with what are we working on? Top is 104 and bottom is 97. It's all It's all relative in comparison to the field size. You could go down as far as you want, as long as you as as long as you get uh, the ownership discount with the numbers that are going down, right? You could have a line. You could have a lineup that's you know like if we have our top one here, for instance, is one four one hundred four. Like you feel free to get a median lineup that has eighty. It only it better only be ten percent owned in total. I mean, and do you have to play that type of line? Like you could. It may be plus EV. It may win once in a million chance. I mean, it may, it may, maybe. That's the that's the only consideration. It's just it's the proportion of which you're dropping projection versus ownership. An ownership sum isn't necessarily even the best way of doing it. Ownership product would be better, but it's a guideline. It's a blunt guideline. Now, since I'm playing smaller field contests, I don't I, I don't need to give up. That much projection. That's why I said this 97 one, like I'm getting it more, I'm getting more of the value from Oda Rizzi getting killed than from the medium projections of the Mariners. 50, if, if, if this if this lineup does well, it doesn't have to score. Let's, the Mariners don't have to score seven runs for this lineup to win because if Oda Rizzi is going to be 50 to 60% owned, Oda Rizzi's negative six is going to do that for me. But like you like like this it's, from a projection standpoint, you probably don't need to play this in single entry and three max. This is more of a large field lineup. These are more single entry. These are more 104 at 177. Right. I X'd out some of the some of the high owned bats and just said 
Give me, give me what's left and stack them up in some, you know, four, three, one, some, some type of way. But this is perfectly fine in the 20. Like this lineup is perfectly fine in the 20 max also. These types of lineups, you can, if you build, if you build all your lineups in 20 max that like for this slate coming up, the four game slate somewhere in this, this 100 to 104 and like 120 to 175, right? Like, like, feel free to play all those lineups if you want. I probably wouldn't be playing the ones that are 250s. Okay. Anything else before I get out of here? People are asking for exact numbers. There's no, it depends on the slate. For single entry contests on DK, what's the max ownership you think a lineup should have? You saw, if you saw what I did earlier, you have to determine what that is for the slate by looking at what chalky lineups look like, right? We go back to the player pool. Go to excluded, right? Because we excluded a couple of people. Right, scope, scope isn't even in anyway, right? If I do this, I see that 358 is the optimal, right? So with one, two, and it's actually as a four-man Minnesota stack. 109 at 358, okay? If I make, if I got rid of this, got rid of this max, and I did the same thing, let's say I put stacks like this, primary stack percentage 20 for over everything, and I wanted these types of stacks, and I built. I'm just going to stop it. 108 at 323, okay? So you're looking at the... You have to figure out what it is for the slate, the specific one. It's a four-game slate, so obviously the ownerships are going to be ridiculously high because there's only so many people to choose from. On a 15-game slate, this number is going to be way low, much lower. So you look, if people if people just went into an optimizer with projections, they'd be building lineups like this with, without any consideration of anything. So you you want to find you want to find lineups that project. Yeah, you're going to be giving up projection, but you look, look, this is this lineup with this, this one, two, three, four, five man twin stack is 108 at 323. I'm giving 104 at 177. So I'm giving up four points of projection of median. And what's four points? Two walks, a walk and a run scored. I mean, it's not that much for baseball. And I'm getting 177% total ownership. Versus 323. So almost, I mean, it's almost twice as less. It's like it's like 40, it's 54% of the ownership and only giving up four points for it. So I should be playing those lineups. So, but you have to see where, where the baseline is for that sl- for the specific slate that you're on. When we go to the, the main slate, it's going to be a different number. These numbers are going to be different. That's why I ran. That's why I did the first build to see what that is. I can't use, I can't put an ownership. I can't do anything here until I see what, what are the constructions? What are the chalky constructions going to look like? And can I find lineups that are project close to the chalky constructions, but give up a significant amount of ownership? That's what, that's the goal of what you're trying to do. So there's no specific number. Well, uh, you shouldn't uh, 170, like 170 may be ridiculously too high on some slates. It may be ridiculously too low on some slates. It depends on what the ownership of the players are. We had if we had weaker pitchers on the slate, some of these pitchers wouldn't be 59% owned. 
they'd all be 20%. Well, that changes the, that changes the total of some of these lineups. So like when I ran the build with just nothing, I'm getting all these 300, 313, 259. But at least we know that this 259 lineup is better than the 313 lineup. Just look at the difference in projection, barely anything. But you're dropping much more ownership with the 259 lineup. Can you play this like you you can? Just understand it's going to be really chalky. Look, you're playing a 59% owned pitcher and you're playing one, two, three batters that are over 30% owned. You can, if the chalk goes off, yeah, yeah, you're in good shape. But I have an easier path to win. If the chalk fails, I don't have to score a million points to win. So yeah, if you want to play a chalky lineup, you could play a lineup like this if you want. To me, it's harder to win that way. It's easier to cash that way, but it's hard. It's harder to win. So there is no specific number. You have to run the optimal at least, or some type of stack, and some and see, and see what that is. And obviously, these numbers. If you play like the 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 main slate, and you're looking at two o'clock in the afternoon, and half the most of the lineups aren't out, like those numbers aren't going to mean anything. So you have to be you have to be doing this a half an hour before lock, an hour before lock, when all the lineups are when ownership. When you have better ownership projections and, you know, everything. The weather changes. Who knows? Michael Dampier asks, is there any argument to take a shot on Willie Peralta? Uh, I mean, it's 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 technically leverage on the Twins. But I'm not a big fan of taking pitcher leverage because, I mean... You need all of their bats to do it. You need Willie Peralta to put up a 30-point a, a game for that leverage to matter that much. But yes, if I was building multiple, if 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 you were going in with the strategy of fading the Twins, like let's say you were playing 20 lineups and you literally X out the Twins, I'd probably put Willie Peralta in some lineups. Because if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're having a portfolio that does not include any single Twin, the thing that's positively correlated to that is Willie Peralta having a good game, right? But if you're playing a smattering of twin, if you're playing for it, Willie Peralta still gives up four runs, but the twin stack doesn't get there, then why are you playing Willie Peralta as the lowest projected pitcher? So I could, so there is, yes, there is value. Probably large field. If you're playing no twins, then probably you should be playing some Willie Peralta. Brian C., I heard from another YouTuber that entering... 150 lineups of winning takes no skill. Agree or disagree? Obviously disagree. Good luck. You then play, do it. People always say that. And go, go. There's a quarter arcade. Go. Have fun. You'll be broke by the end of the month. Okay. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Let's see if these lineups do well. What are we playing? What are we playing? These I'm gonna I'm put them in right right after we go off. The, assuming that these are the guys in, I mean, I may have to make some switches. Right? These these look like plus EV. These could be plus EV. Are they a little too contrary? Maybe. I just don't want to play the chalk twin. I just I'm, I just I'm, I don't I don't play chalk. I mean, yes, I still have Sonoma and Astadio in these lineups. I have Astadio here. I have Jeffers there. I mean, yeah. So it's not like I want the Twins to do horribly, but just not Kepler and Larch and whatever, and the, the, the chalky guys. I need to fade Tatis. I need to fade. I mean, I just I just love the ownership on, the, on, the, on these. I'd rather do this. Because if the chalk fails, these lineups don't have to score that high. So that's what I'm hoping for. I'm rooting for the chalk to fail more than these lineups to succeed. 
but hit the thumbs up on your way out the door. Subscribe if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got we got stuff on the channel. We I think I think the soul cast is on this afternoon. Is it? Is it gonna be on it? I don't know. What's our schedule look like? We got uh we got grinders live. I know later today. Do they do the soul cast live? I believe they do it live, right? What what is our what does our schedule look like today? I know we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's live, 2 30 Eastern. Grinders live at 5 30. Crunch time for premium members at 6 30. I could always see the schedule on the other videos page. So uh, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Join us. I'm always in the YouTube. I'm always in the in the Discord chat, right? The bat chat a lot of times. But you could always get me there, and uh, we'll go over. We got a slate tonight. Also, we got stuff going tomorrow. Is uh, tomorrow? Are we doing? Is there an early slate tomorrow? Also, I don't know. We'll take a look. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but uh, but I'm always here for you answering. Your DFS strategy questions, as I do every Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.